0: From the last plane to the last bullet to the last minute to the last man we fight! We fight! We fight!
1: We fight! We fight! We fight!
0: Welcome aboard, Aviators fans! This is your Captain Speaking. I'm Sam Fontaine, and you're listening to In the Cockpit, a podcast dedicated to your Los Angeles Aviators. Join us every week
1: as we discuss what's happening on the field and spotlight some of your favorite players. Aviators fans, welcome to episode 12 of In the Cockpit. I am Jacob Bomber, and we are back to a normal-ish show today after a couple weeks of kind of going going off the rails a little bit, getting behind enemy lines last week if you didn't listen go check that out we talked to san diego growler steven milardovich and he gave some insight into what san diego san diego life is like and so it was a lot of fun doing that but we are back with one of our teammates and to introduce him i will let my co-host michael Keoy do that Keoy, what's going on it's going pretty
0: well jake how you doing just want to say what up um i assume you're doing well great playing Hi. this last weekend
1: <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of ultimate for me this weekend, playing beach Saturday morning, our game, and then I went and played some club on Sunday. So I'm a little tired. Dang, well,
0: that's awesome. The more ultimate, the better. And like Jake was saying, we have a very cool guest on the pod today, aviator, really good friend of all of ours, Nate Kirchoffer, who goes by Kirch. What's up, Kirch?
2: How you doing, QA? How you doing, Jake?
0: Good to be on the yo, pod. Yo. Yeah, we're super stoked that you're on the pod, and we some of, some of you may not be as familiar with Kirch just because, unfortunately, he's been injured. We did talk about that a little earlier in our episodes, and just saying how much we really wanted him to be in the double teams. But great news is he's on the mend. And has been playing some Ultimate. So how are you feeling about that, Kirch?
2: Oh, I'm absolutely stoked. It was a it was a big hole in my life, you know. I've been, uh, been at it for a long time. Plus, it was painful, right? So, you know, I'm healed, working out. I actually just got back from the gym just now. So, stoked.
0: That's awesome.
1: And that's always that's always a theme for the show is one of you people is always on the way to the gym or just got back from the gym and I'm always just sitting in my house. <laughs> well, good thing You can't Jake. train
2: height though, Jake. You can't train uh, height. This so. is
1: true.
0: This is very true. I was just gonna say that. Good thing we need you mostly for getting blocks in the double team and end of quarter. <laughs> so you're you're doing your job. And sure. Kurtz, just not to get too into the injury, just wanted to let the viewers know you fractured your foot, but now you're back, and also, we really appreciate having you as a teammate because almost all the games, you've been showing up, you've been coming to pod practice, you've been just a huge support, especially for our defense, so great to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your athletic background when you're growing up,
2: yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks again. I'm stoked to be healthy. It's it's always good to be on the sideline with my friends. You know, if you can't play, do something else to help the team. That's that's my philosophy. Um, but yeah, sports growing up. Gosh, I think I played like everything. <clears throat> I tried it all. Um, the longest sport I've actually been playing in my life is volleyball. Um, I was even arguably playing before I was born because my mom was like playing tournaments while I was a fetus. <laughs> So uh, I've been playing volleyball forever, um, but skiing, you know, huck your meat off some cliffs, soccer, baseball, swimming, track, cross country. Yeah. uh, You know, varying tenure in various ones of those. But, you know, I like baseball, I probably quit the earliest because I was like, why is there so much standing around? I want to be running around, (laughs) you know. But my dad used to like, we used to practice in the driveway. Like he would throw a cork. And I would use a, a broom handle to try to, like, develop the hand-eye coordination. If you can hit a cork with a broom handle, you can hit a baseball with a bat. Let's
1: go. Yeah.
0: I like so. that. Yeah. That's that's quite the list. And the one that sticks out to me is I know that you love to ski, which you mentioned, and you've taken some really cool trips. And we didn't talk about this before the pod or anything. But off, off the top of your head, can you name some of your – favorite places that you've been
2: absolutely uh i've been to zermatt switzerland which is this epic high alpine resort there's a 10 mile run there or a 10 kilometer run there or something just epic you're at the matterhorn you ski down eat some great vino schnitzel at the end or whatever um <laughs> i've been to Chamonix, france which is uh that's where the the Gouy de midi is um super famous mountaineering place um and then a couple that was 2017 a couple of years ago i went to revelstoke canada with a, on a big trip got some epic powder there another huge resort i mean i grew up in colorado as well like you can't go wrong there my my heart and soul belong to a basin arapahoe basin which is a tiny little resort uh, about an hour and a half outside of denver that's where i really learned to ski the
1: trees Man, if we were doing the uh, Challenge Jake thing, I would get wrecked at volleyball or skiing. I've been snowboarding once, and I've been skiing since I was like 10. So that would be entertaining, watching me go down a mountain right now.
0: It it would be more entertaining if we dressed you in a vomitable snowman outfit. <laughs> because...
2: Abominable. <laughs> Just...
1: Abominable.
0: People would legitimately <laughs> freak imagine, out. I'm just
1: like hiding in the forest, oh while people my are gosh! Going down double That's... black diamond slopes, and I just pop out. Oh and... please, I really want to do this. Like, That's just amazing. like uh, reformat a ghillie suit, <laughs> just...
2: especially at a resort where there's like night skiing or something. You could scare the absolute oh man crap out of some people.
0: Oh my gosh, this would be. And <laughs> yeah, I like Kurt, your your spin on the words the a bomb and a Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah. A bomber in a bowl. That yeah. would be incredible. Oh my gosh.
2: But yeah, you know, all those sports that combined into Ultimate Frisbee in a glorious combo. It's the best sport around. If I had to pick one, I'd still pick Ultimate Frisbee.
1: So from all those things, how did you end up playing Ultimate?
2: Right. Um it was a it was a cross country thing. I think so many people have said that. It was like cross training day, you know, we go to a park, somebody brings a frisbee, and I'm like Man, I love the way the Frisbee flies. What is this? Why didn't I know about this before? Turned out my cross-country coach, she played in college or something. Shout out to Lori Graham, cross-country coach. She's the one that got us involved, got my high school team, Arapahoe High School, like to play the high school state championship. That was, that was 2002, 2003, that year. And then 2003, 2004, I was a senior in high school, 2004, graduated. So I played my junior and senior year in high school my usau id is like 115531 or something super early on uh but yeah it just it's stuck you know and you know i know you're gonna ask about this later but one of my good buddies who's still a friend from high school seth Veness, and he and i just we ran cross-country together we played ultimate frisbee together you know we yeah that's where it all started 2002
1: so from from that Let's have like a breakdown of what is what does your ultimate career look like since then. What did college look like? How did what have you done for club? <clears throat> Obviously, you're not still in Colorado, so you moved around and right. played other teams. What does that look like?
2: Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> Raphael High School, and then I played a little bit of like U20 coming out of high school. It wasn't super well established then. I think like when I played the high school state championship. It was such a bummer too we went undefeated my junior year like just trouncing teams and got to the state tournament and finished third because the host team uh ended up winning because we these winds kicked up on their fields and they were used to playing wind and we weren't it was like 40 mile an hour winds to this day still one of the windiest games i've ever played in for semifinals <laughs> uh, on an undefeated season we should have won but okay so that was at high school um played a little bit of like u20 pick up something i don't know not not on the u20 team um ended up going to university of colorado where danny Landisman, our current teammate goes let's go buffs uh <laughs> and yeah that was that's mama bird and shocker bird is the b team so i i got a bunch of reps on shocker bird and never actually made the a team there because i got super injured so i, I tore cartilage in both shoulders hyperextended my knee got some concussions about a bunch of oh dumb gosh. stuff yeah so i ended up <clears throat> not playing my junior and senior year to prioritize you know health and getting a getting a degree in yeah that sounds that. like
1: a nightmare
2: yeah it was a mess <laughs> um but just yeah i was early on my career was injuries um so i got shoulder surgery got those things fixed kind of toward like right after i graduated college and also started the team love tractor which is still going uh in 2008 that was a that team was named after the song by widespread panic love tractor and we my friend nolan dutton and i called all the people we knew on the way back from the telluride bluegrass festival and we're like we need to make a mix team in colorado and take down the, the reigning mix team called alchemy and we played the series we ended up beating them and the team has existed ever since then and they've just been on an uptick you know they've made nationals so shout out the love tractor they still exist so that was like 2008 2009 Applied to grad school, got in at UC Santa Barbara, moved out here. Was still sort of like, man, I've had a lot of injuries. Do I really want to play competitive ultimate? Um, you know, I never stopped thinking about the game, never stopped working out. Ended up meeting, I want to say it was like Alina Warner, who was playing Burning Skirts at the time. I was just like wearing one of my jerseys around campus and she like found me and was like, hey, who do you play for? And I was like, well, nobody really. And she's like, you want to make a mixed team? The skirts are really baller right now. So I was like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Um, 2011 was that year, uh, and the team was named Liberator. <laughs> it was named Liberator after the the sex furniture company. <laughs> <laughs> there are other there are other teams that a team names that I think were on the docket. But you know, if you gotta make a mixed team, it's got to have some sort of like sexual tension in the name. I think that's why Minneapolis is named Dragon Thrust. Um,
1: I've played for Naughty Love and Naughty Blood Love, Lines, yeah. So.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so that was 2011. 2012, I played Condors, which was sick. Um, and then, you know, there was some turnover in leadership. I didn't I didn't make the team in the next couple of years. And I think I played a year of Mixed on, in 2013 again. Similar crew. Nothing remarkable about that season. It's still just great to be part of the team, part of the community. And then 2014, with Scott Perry, we co-founded the team Sundowners. Here in santa barbara which since then has existed this is the seventh year i guess something like that eighth year eighth year maybe steam team's still going strong obviously everything was canceled in 2020 but i think my the highlight of sundowners for me was 2019 we finally made regional semi-finals and played against condors there and put up a good fight and i think sundowners for me has been like the the most redeeming sporting experience of my life just just watching people like ian ladner as an 18 year old and now he's you know 26 grow into a, not only a man but like a real contributor on the field and an amazing person so yeah that's so it's a long a long road and then there's like man. a bunch of beach and other things interspersed in there and oh yeah i made aviators in 2019 that was the <laughs> highlight. Yeah.
1: Kirch is out here starting legacies all over the place. What the heck? I had no <clears throat> idea. It's
0: Amen. it's so true because last week we talked with Stephen about developing SoCal Ultimate, and I credit Kirch and the Sundowners for a lot of that. The younger generation, we have Marcel who was on Sundowners. We also had Bailey and Matt Miller was on Sundowners, amongst many others, but those are some people that have played on condors played on aviators played on growlers so it's been really cool to see those guys develop and they're awesome they're awesome teammates and yeah I think Kurt you are just such a great example of supporting the community and I give you tons of props for that so thank you for that
2: Well, cheers, man. Back at you. You've been a stalwart in this community for so long, too. I look up to you. I look up to both of you. Jake, I have to look up to you. Everyone does.
1: (laughs) Everyone has to look up to me.
0: (laughs) This is true. Well, that's that's actually a good segue to other players who have inspired you um, throughout your career, starting or now. Yeah. Who you got? Who you got in mind?
2: Yeah, Coach Laurie Graham, like I said. Thank you for the beginnings. Seth Van Essen. Um, he, you know, like I said, he's, he's actually still playing. We played Beyond Wars together, I think, at some point. You know, hey, oh, master, eligible. Um. We are old. When I, okay, yeah, this, this is crazy. When I, when I joined Mama Bird, the Mama Bird program, and like I finished high school in 2004, showed up in that, that 2004, 2005 year, they had just won nationals. And that was like, Bo, Chicken, Jolien, like all those guys Sean Foreman Mac Taylor uh, Mac Taylor Mac Taylor and I, and you actually all I think all of us on this call right now are same class years as Mac yeah. Taylor mm-hmm. um, even like Sean Foreman the lead the lead singer of the band 303 he was on the team <laughs> then like just so legendary, many
1: legendary man. When we people. learned about that, oh gosh, that's all I talked about for weeks. Was like, guys, yeah. do you know who plays <laughs> Ultimate in Colorado? Yeah. Like I was just telling random friends who did not care about Ultimate, but everyone knew yeah. who three hundred three was. Yeah, like I he's a friend of mine. You
2: know, we took math class together of all things. But you know, I looked up to those guys, um, and then more recently, you know, like moved to SoCal, right? It's like keoi man. Like you've been here forever. I look up to you and Tyler Bacon weaver sean mcdougall and then we got some of the like the older guys too like um steve dugan he has been around forever hall of famer greg Cusack hall of famer brandon skeets you know and then like some of the other guys like scott perry i was saying we found we found Co- uh, sundowners together, I look up for that guy immensely and then even there's even people now that are younger than me that i look up to like ian ladner that guy is a freaking genius about the game like i I think he's underrated as a as an ultimate for his mind and i just want to give him a major shout out um sticks he's uh he's been around forever that guy puts in more work to be good at ultimate than anyone i know um jeff Landisman, uh coach of aviators that guy's been playing for 47 years or something You know, I think, (laughs) and actually, yeah, I think that's a good, that's a good point, too. I think we were talking about, all the three of us were talking about this at some point. I've been playing for 19, Jake, you're like 14, right? Yeah, this is year 14. 17? Yeah. You total all those together, this is 50 years of playing experience between the three of us, and Jeff Landis made it only three years behind that. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's pretty wild. (laughs) That's wild. Insane, Um, yeah. And I think another person that I really look up to is my partner, Tara. Uh, She and I got married on Halloween. She... Just started playing Ultimate a couple of years ago, and it takes a lot of courage to jump into something new. And she has gotten really good really fast. Yes, you know, I admire her ability to take the leap. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, she's she's awesome, an incredible person, super fun to hang out with, and it's great that she would try something like that, especially when most of the people on the team are a lot younger so give her give her a lot of um love for for getting involved and she i mean again credit to you because she saw how much you love the game and she wanted a piece of it she wanted to be a part of it so that's pretty cool
2: and i i should also say too i I just realized that only named men there there are a ton of women that i look up to as well you know including a lot of the current burning skirts you know we have weaver's younger sister caitlin the other ballers on the skirts that have been around forever. Jasmine Childress inspires me to work out. She is an amazing player. You know, I, I could go on. You know, Trish Guilfoyle organizes a ton of stuff in town here. Um, I'm free. You know, Carolyn Finney, she was around when I first moved in. Marie Madras. There's so many There's so many strong women players here, too, that deserve recognition. And I'm not going to do it justice right now, but... Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really awesome. To give a little context to our listeners, Trish is really involved with Youth Ultimate, especially in Santa Barbara, and Finney, who played for Skirts, won a national championship in 2010, and that team was absolutely stacked. But what was more incredible about that was she scored or assisted on every goal except one, I think, in the national final. It was, it was one of the most dominant, performances the game has ever seen and for people that are really interested you should you should go back and watch that it's a pretty cool feat. anyway just wanted to (laughs) just wanted to hype it up even more I'm glad that you mentioned some women and I think that we all have been heavily influenced by some great women in the game and and it's important for us to to shout them out so that was really cool
1: 100 percent And so now, so you've mentioned a ton of people you've played with. You've been, you know, all these amazing places and stuff. So, and I'm sure Ultimate has taken you a ton of crazy places. We're at Kiyoi's fan favorite segment of give us some stories that are going to blow our (laughs) minds. Yeah.
2: There's a ton over the years. (laughs) Um, Okay, I got one to start with that's, it's short. So uh, my first year at Kaimana, when, before they moved, uh, moved moved to the current location in Waikiki, it, it's been at Waimanalo Bay forever, which is this awesome location where you camp on the beach, walk to the fields, and you can just leave your stuff. And that first year that I was there, it was like torrential rain. The field literally turned into like a mud pit. And I have these memories of people like laying out and completely like sticking into the ground. Like Mark Evans stands up and he's like, there's like 20 pounds of mud like oozing off of them, right? People are getting their cleats like sucked off.
0: I know where this is going.
2: Yeah, I'm throwing <laughs> Kiyoi under the bus right now. Everyone is absolutely disgusting and dirty. And somehow, my Kiyoi is pristine. This guy is clean as a whistle out there on this muddy field. And I don't know why. He clearly didn't lay out for any discs. Maybe that's because we were playing great offense. But I don't know throws into question some some things I
0: don't know the, there is photo <laughs> evidence of this of true. people super muddy I don't know why I ended up not getting really dirty but yeah I was wearing a white jersey and it's still white and mine yeah. is
2: ruined
0: yeah people I to be fair I threw away my cleats after that tournament because they were so they were done they were done but that that is the most mud i've ever seen in any situation it was just literally running around in a mud pit
2: and i i think that tournament kind of encapsulates a lot of things you know like it's such an amazing opportunity to play with people like people come in from japan and they want to trade jerseys with you and you've got teams from australia and england and whatever and everyone's drinking the same beer and high-fiving and you know there's naked points and all sorts of stuff it's just like if you don't know ultimate man that's a fun way to get to know ultimate um <laughs> you know uh, yeah that's i think that Kaiman i just like maybe that's the best story of them all i mean the the one other thing i can think about too is just the the connectivity of ultimate like how it has made me who i am i'll, I'll give you an example like um you know i went to colorado and i mentioned all those guys that i that i played as I was getting ready to graduate, ready to graduate in 2008, you know, looking for jobs and things. And it happened that Adam Simon, Chicken, uh, who still plays for the Seattle Cascades, um, glad to see you still playing, buddy. And uh, he, we were like at at a party or something, at a bar, maybe grab beers together. And he was like, hey, you know what? I know this guy that might be hiring interns at this biotech company. And that was the way I got the interview turned out to be a good fit right so i got i went from studying physics and math to going into biotech where i learned how to do micro uh, microbiology and like genetic engineering side note i always think it's hilarious when people don't believe in evolution because i used to do it as a job it's that that well understood (laughs) as a thing um but yeah, I was in biotech for a couple of years. Realized said that I wanted to Your comments and questions
1: to Nate Kirchoffer at. Yeah. Such- <laughs>
2: in this episode of Nate
1: Facts with Nate,
2: I will disparage <laughs> your disbelief in evolution. Um, you know, I, I ended up realizing I wanted to go to grad school because of that experience. Got into the materials program at UC Santa Barbara, and ended up meeting Roger Proch while I was playing pickup ultimate in Santa Barbara turns out he co-founded a company where i currently work at and it's called asylum research um and like i wouldn't be in santa barbara i wouldn't have the knowledge i do I wouldn't have had the opportunities that i have without the game of ultimate Frisbee, and it attracts a really amazing set of people so you never know who you're gonna meet but i think you're you're destined to meet some really amazing people in ultimate so that's that's another story
0: it's so true there's there's a ton of great networking and you mentioned a little bit about your job, but you also have a side company that you started that I find fascinating. And, and, and I, I think that the listeners would find it really interesting as well. Can you tell us about your battery company?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I have a third job too, which is playing on the aviators, baby.
0: Oh yeah. Getting paid. Getting paid. Millions Um, of (laughs) cents. (laughs) Pennies. Turf colors. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hey, we're going to fix that. You know? yeah. we doing it? If we don't get it, then the next generation will. Yeah, okay. So, Asylum Research, where I currently work, um, I should just finish that up. We do nanotechnology. So, we, we build and develop a specific type of really high-resolution microscope called an atomic force microscope. And you can zoom in and see atoms and molecules on surfaces. It's really amazing. You should look it up, an atomic force microscope. I can teach you how to use it um, that's that's my my main job right now i have a side job and we're we're raising seed capital right now it's a company called biozen batteries and we develop organic which means carbon-based compounds to use in batteries so right now all the batteries you know of use things like lithium lead acid nickel cadmium right all those are metal and so if we want to make really, truly sustainable batteries uh, for the long term, that can actually store a lot of energy, which is what we need to do if we want to harness solar energy and wind energy and things like that to back up city scale grids and support the infrastructure. We need huge batteries that are not built from metal. So we're doing it with organic semiconducting materials, which, you know, you can think about it. Carbon is everywhere. And. Plants figured out how to do this a long time ago. They absorb the sun's energy and they store it in chemical bonds. And so we're doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, that is way above Jake and I's pay grade.
1: I got nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, I think sustainability is going to be huge. And we should have been thinking about this years ago. But I'm really happy that people like you are thinking about this right now to try to solve some of our problems because we're, we're going to have these issues obviously, but the next generation is really going to be in trouble. I think that we're, we're going to be gone by the time earth is, is suffering a lot unless we fix it. So I'm glad that you're investing in the future. You, we, we have this theme here of you're you investing in ultimate future, you investing, you're investing in planet earth, man, what can't you do?
2: Yeah. I, let, I, I don't know, man. Super courage. Super courage. <laughs> Something like that. There's a lot that I can't do. I can't play offense. I'm a D-line guy, you know?
1: False. You can play offense. Yeah, <laughs> oh, what? Okay.
2: Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a handler oh, man. You're right.
1: Um, I'm going to do a little mini soapbox right now as a sidebar for the listeners to go like, this is just... And we've had this nearly every episode, where every teammate we bring on is just super impressive. There is just something about everybody that blows us away every week. And like Keo and I, like Keo and I have been playing with and against each other for over a decade. And almost everybody we've talked to and hung out with, all these people on this team, like we all know each other pretty well. We hang out pretty regularly, and we still learn amazing things and just get to be so impressed by our friends all the time. And like that's I'm just going to throw this out there like this is a big part of why Keo and I wanted to do this podcast is like yeah, this is great for you as fans to like hear about these players that you see on the field and like they have lives outside of ultimate like the seeing the teacher at the grocery store like what they're real people that do real <laughs> things. But it's like hopefully as you're listening you're inspired to be like dang, what don't I know about my friends who I've known for a decade? Like what other stuff do they do? What information do they have? Because this just, I am floored every week by the people we know. You guys are amazing. And so this is just too much fun every week.
0: It is is—it is super awesome. And I think that, Jake, what you're saying, it's such a good question to ask. Tell me something about your life that's really interesting, even, even if it's about your job, that we don't know. Because... Yeah, Kirch and I have talked about this battery thing, you know, a couple times before, but every time we bring it up again, I find it so interesting and I'm so thankful that he's working on it and it makes me want to invest. You know, I want to see the company succeed. I'm, I'll, I'll put a little, I'll put a little money into that Kirch. That's a, and, and if you want to invest in his company, Hey, this is, this is like a good plug for you.
2: That's right. This this is actually, like, we're closing a, a seed funding round this week. So, actually, seriously, if you're interested, hit me up. Nate at biozenbatteries.com.
0: Hey, love that. <laughs> this is a great plug.
1: Hit the ground running there. You want to get in early. It was one of those things. Yeah, this get is, is in early,
2: literally man. the ground floor.
1: <clears throat> so So, this is kind of, I mean, you've had this theme this entire time of, how ultimate and life are like coinciding, how difficult slash or easy has it been the whole time? Cause obviously there's been injury things and every time you get injured, it's like, has this worth it or like, you know, work is taking off and that's amazing. How does that like, but ultimate's in a really cool place, you know, just there's always something cool going on somewhere how have you been able to balance this for your going on 20 years now?
2: That is a really difficult question to answer. There's not always balance. Um, I think that's... that's The illusion is that you will find some future time when everything is peaceful, right? It's, I think, you have to be comfortable with a little bit of uncertainty. Um, I think, you know... <laughs> Sometimes I joke, you know, like yeah, bite off more than you can chew and then chew it, right? It's like, <laughs> but
1: uh, I feel like that defeats. The, yeah, the I know. 100%. It's not. It's not.
2: That's not like a healthy approach. I, I don't actually. I, I kind of joke because it's not actually what it is. What What it ends up being is, you know, I I devote my time to only a few things, and I do those few things a lot. So. Like, going into 2020 before the pandemic hit, I had psyched myself up to train, play Ultimate, spend time with Terra, work, and work. And that was going to be my life. And I was okay with it, right? And, you know, squeezing some time for friends and things, but, like, it's... It, there's not always balance right like i think the the key thing is to like drink water put on sunscreen like make sure you're getting some good nutrition and <laughs> getting sleep and like devote yourself to like a higher a higher thing if you align yourself with like a goal that's like you know that's kind of what i'm getting at with like bite off more than you can chew like if your life's work is finished it wasn't your life's work right like i hope i hope these batteries exist after we're gone they better or our society is going to be gone so like that's kind of what i'm getting at is it requires maybe a little bit of sacrifice but it's it doesn't feel like sacrifice when it's so rewarding i guess
1: i don't know 100 percent.
0: yeah this could be the deepest conversation <laughs> we've had on the pod and all i'm i'm here for it it's very thoughtful and making me think i i really appreciate it actually kirch and i hang out a lot we we have a beer every once in a while and we we talk about ultimate we talk about life we talk about work but that is something that i've learned about kirch he's very very smart guy very thoughtful person and so it's it's cool that now the world is kind of experiencing this all by the world i mean you know at least 50 to 70 listeners right now and um just just to steer us back to ultimate a little bit i think your work ethic helped you to solidify a spot on aviators because there was at least one year maybe a couple years where you're trying to make the team didn't quite work out you kept at it you trained really hard you made the team in 2019 we were awesome had a great season you played really well and can you tell us a little bit about that and and maybe you're welcome to the AUDL moment where you were just like, dang, this is awesome.
2: Totally. Yeah. I I've tried out for aviators every year. The team has existed and was never discouraged by getting cut. I was like, well, I guess I got to just work harder, learn something new. But I think, yeah, there's a moment, there is a moment that stands out to me. It was like, it was probably in our, in 2019 as like the welcome to the AUDL. It was probably like our second game or something like that. And, you know, I I play defense, so we'd gotten the turn, and we were working the disc, and something in our dump set kind of stalled out. And I was like, man, I need to to get rid of this disc or I'm going to get stalled. And the only available receiver was Alex Drum, like streaking down the opposite sideline. And I was like, okay, I need to throw this swing pass, but this swing pass is really like a hawk to the opposite (laughs) sideline. I need to throw, like, a 55-yard pass right now to, like, swing the disc, and that never happens in club. Club is, you know, 40 yards wide, and people never get out of position quite that badly, but um, through the swing pass, and it was just like, that could have been, like, a goal, <laughs> but it was horizontal, <laughs> and I just, it was just, like, this disconcerting moment where it was, like, that was in the air for way too long, and... Yeah, it was like I guess we're we're in the big leagues now. Like the field is huge; it's forty-four percent bigger. I calculated it because it's it's thirteen and a third yards wider, and the field of play is ten yards longer. So you do a little extra math; it's forty-four percent more area that we're running around on on the pro field.
0: Yeah, that's impressive because, as a defender, you have a lot more ground to cover. It makes it much more difficult. And I think if anything, this is the. Th- the fact that most ultimate players dislike about pro, I I kind of like it, but a lot of players don't like how big the field is. They think that club, in that sense, is superior because it's a a smaller field.
2: I think I think in club the defense can take more things away, which could be a strategic advantage. Um, You know, the club's game is also played to a point total, so that every point matters a lot more, whereas in ADL we play to a a time limit. So even if somebody scores quickly, you know, you still have a chance to score. Um, I kind of like the big field, honestly, because it showcases who's in shape. It kind of feels more like a track meet combined with, you know, ultimate. You know, you get to, like, if you get beat, you can slowly go track somebody down over a 50-yard sprint, right, it's, you can still... I, I kind of like it. I think there's there's opportunities to get blocks. I mean, look at the guy that was on the pod last week, Steven Milardovic. He's not getting blocks out of nowhere, right? Like, it's possible to play defense, so...
1: It's very true. It's very true. And I think it just holds with... You look at every pro league, rules are always there to favor the offense. People like watching offense. Yeah. And so if you have a bigger field bigger things get to happen on offense and so when you when you are a stellar defensive player in the midst of that that is how good of a defensive player you are with how hard it is to play defense in any pro league and so for us like that's those players stand out more
2: yeah and people like to watch scoring right like you ever get tired of watching a zero zero soccer game because i do come watch some (laughs) ultimate we're gonna score some goals yeah (laughs)
1: this is true um so so you talked about all those years of effort pushing towards making the aviators making it in 19 had a crazy year in 20 so coming into this year again being rostered obviously the season hasn't played out as you would have wanted personally but still with everything considered whether it's like looking at the makeup of this year's roster looking at your role with the team looking at coming off of a 2020 covid year what has it meant to you this year to be part of the organization?
2: I have a ton of gratitude for it. It, I, I mean, you guys are my best friends. Like you two and the rest of the team, right? It's the it's the people, really. I think that make this sport what it is. And I mean, I love the sport. I love thinking about the sport. So even if I don't get to play, being there is, is amazing. You no. Know, Obviously, I wanted to play. I was going to be one of our starting defenders. I've been working my ass off for it. Put in too much work, broke my own foot. That's, you know, shit happens. (laughs) I guess you can edit that out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) true. Uh, And it's a mental challenge right like it's uh it's it's really tricky uh I, I would say gratitude though is the thing that sticks with me i i am so stoked on the the young players on our team you know lotto sheamus matt miller matt miller i love that guy he played sundowners he was a huge role player for us he was a huge contributor in that semifinals game against condors in 2019 regionals seeing those guys ramp it up ian ladner You know, the other guys that have gotten less playing time, you know, uh, Kyle Johnson, um, some of the other Tide guys that have been out there. Like, it's just so rewarding to see them get those opportunities and and deliver in those moments, too. And I mean, I'm not even mentioning like KJ and Calvin because we're so used to them delivering, but those guys are 20 as well, right? So, like, that's awesome. Those guys were one when I started playing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, yeah, gratitude to be able to play with those guys. I can still hang with those guys and, you know, like, watch out for the aviators next year because, like, our our record doesn't really speak to how well we've played. Like, we've had a bunch of really close losses and a few games going the other way. We would have been in playoff contention and we barely even had a training camp because L.A. was in lockdown. So, like, give us a few more reps together and we're going to take the division. That's what I think.
0: Yep. I think so as well. I think next year is going to be a great year, and I'm excited for it. I think that our younger players are humble and they're hungry, and I think our older players just continue to work really, really hard and set a good example and just a good mix. I think we have a great mix of – and it provides balance for the team. So, yeah, with that with that being said, we got to pick some players – for this next week so normally do we we do a little recap but i'm going to jump straight into the the players to talk about then we'll then we'll go back let's change it up a little bit so kirch if you had an offensive player and a defensive player for this last home game against the spiders which is this saturday six o'clock la southwest college which we'll plug again later who would you pick
2: so somebody that I'm going to keep my eye on that hasn't been like in the spotlight a whole lot, but I'm stoked is out here is Zubair. Yes. He has been playing, he's on the O-line. Um, he's been playing within himself and just being like, he's so consistent with the disc. When he has the disc, I feel like I go in into, a, into a Zen state where I'm like, this guy is going <laughs> to make everything happen. Like he, I bet he leads the team in like hockey assists or something. I don't know. You know, where he's just a facilitator. And I don't know if he's gonna blow up the stat sheet, but I wanna I'm to have my eye on him. Um and let's see, defensively I don't even know who's on the roster this week. Um let me think for a second. I
1: have it up so you can name somebody and I'll tell you what they're playing or <laughs> not.
2: Well, okay, is is Seamus I feel like Seamus is out of town. Yeah, he's not. He's not. active. Um,
0: That's a bummer for us because he played really well against San Jose last time.
2: Yeah. D-line, D-line. Um, How about you guys? An- I'm going to look it up while you guys answer your O-line picks and then we can keep it flowing.
1: That's That sounds good. Jake, who you got? I I'm, I just want to piggyback off of what Kurt said about Zubair. Zubair played, we both played on the same club team this past weekend, but like this came comes out in the Aviators games too. I love watching people play who are so confident without being cocky like Zubair as you know in the over the weekend as the handler like he was the centering handler so like the disc would get picked up and the throw would go to him and he would initiate the offense every single time the pull's coming down he's looking up field the entire time getting a lay of the land turns around receives the disc and just turns around and is just so smooth and effortless and every throw is seemingly uncontested because when you have supreme confidence in what you're doing and know that you have the skills you don't worry about a mark you don't worry about any of that stuff you just throw it where you want to throw it and there it goes and like i have never been on a point i have never seen zubair play a point where that was not exuding from him every single moment and it's Like Kurt said, the zen. It's literally mesmerizing. Like, I just would watch that all day. Because it's, you know, a lot of people have that-ish, but he is just that 100% of the time and it's crazy. So watching him out there is pretty awesome. (coughs) So, but as for my pick, I'm I'm gonna pick somebody who blew up in certain ways over the weekend, and I'm gonna pick Brandon Van Dusen. I'm pretty sure I picked him earlier in the year, but Will, I have We got to talk about what happened with him in this past game, but he's been playing out of his mind. We've had a p- few people from our community show up, and I assume that has played a little bit into that for him too, having a bunch of our friends and family around and stuff to see him play. So I expect another big game to end the season from him. I love
0: the lotto choice. That layout grab that he had was super sick and he has been playing really well Zubair we talked about him a bunch i'll just say one really quick two really quick things one it was his birthday on that on that last game so happy birthday to him and the second mm-hmm. is he makes it easy as a receiver where he del- delivers the disc his throwing motion is really is really um, it's really smooth and it's easy to catch from where he's throwing from. It's easy to read. So I appreciate that about him. And I think I'm going to pick Marcel. I've picked him before on on offense, but he's so consistent and very humble. We've been trying to get him on the pod. He doesn't like talking (laughs) about himself. And same thing with Danny Landisman. I'm sad that Danny is not going to be there. So we had a nice little goodbye. He's going to, he's going back to college and I hope that I get to see him at nationals. He's, he's going to have to do some work against some of the teams in his division, but definitely got a great chance with just him. <laughs> 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 but defensively, Kurt, who you got for this weekend?
2: Well, I just wanted to piggyback on that today. We're recording this on the 17th of August. Today is Marcel's birthday. So an auspicious pick there. Maybe.
0: Oh um, yes. <laughs> I totally forgot. And I even gave him a shout out in one of our group chats that it was his birthday.
2: Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was, uh, and
0: Sam Fontaine's birthday I think was yesterday. So we got a lot of birthdays going on. Happy birthday to all those people.
2: Yeah. Super cool. Um, Defensively, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tweak because I think he's like my favorite thing about Tweak, uh, Andrew Padua, um, is like he's the only guy who, like, most people get fatigued throughout a game. I feel like that guy just like like ramps up the entire game. Like by the end of the end of the game, you're like he, he's gonna get a block. He's gonna get a block on every single lunge that he's trying to you know like he's going after this handler release point and he he connects on a few of them i think and he's been scoring some goals too like i think i think he's gonna he's the he's the best handler defender we have i think he's gonna cause some havoc in the third and fourth quarter Is my pick
1: love that pick jake who you got I am not going to say his last name because I haven't heard it out loud, and I still don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not going to do him the disservice of butchering it, but I'm going to pick number 60, Wally K. Kasper Is that literally how you say it? Okay. I well, think I so. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. Good job, Kirch. That's what you're here for. Um, it's been, obviously, so I think Kirch and I form the most formidable double-team duo in the league, yeah. bar none. You can't convince me otherwise. That's the way it goes. Wally has stepped in and done a really good job too. And so me and him in the double team last week. We did our jobs. There were zero throws going upfield, you know, or through the middle and that was awesome. And he is just he is another massive human being. Like if you run into him, you're coming out of that worse off. And I have seen him take off and make a couple pretty sick plays. So, I am hoping for a breakout game from him. On Saturday because I have definitely seen you know big bits of potential in there and I can't wait for him to break out so I'm hoping for that this weekend
0: I always want to pick Blitz just because he's been playing so well and he had another at least I think he had a couple blocks in in our last game it's kind of a cheat code, so I'll p- I'll pick a. He's gonna be my one, but I'll pick a a one a. This is more of a props. I think Kevin, even though he's not getting blocks, has been doing a great job facilitating the disc on a turn, and and that wasn't you know Kevin. I think you can get blocks, obviously, if you're listening to this. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I that I that. think that you're playing. He is playing good contained defense, and then on the turn he's. He's moving the disc, so he'll be my 1A, and I'll jump straight into our score predictions. I think we're going to go big for the last game, Uh 23-19, 23-19 in favor of aviators.
1: I was expecting a little bigger. You said you're going to go big, so I I, I will aim a little higher. Okay, okay. (laughs) Just for fun. Even, you know, whatever. It's our last game. We're going to give it our all. Calvin's going to be throwing stuff left and right. You know, he's got college to go do. I'm expecting at least 10 50-plus huck attempts from Calvin. <laughs> I'm throwing that out there right now. If I if there is less than 10 50-plus yard huck attempts from Calvin, I'm going to be mad. Okay, Let's you're going the blaze. over on 9.5. Blazing okay. So I'm going, like, 26-22. I think we're just going to be firing stuff. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because we just want to go make things happen.
0: All right. Kurtch, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think I think the spread's going to be even more than what you guys said. I think it's going to be twenty-five, nineteen.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So tough day to be a Spiders fan, for sure, because they're, <laughs> they're looking like they're going to get crushed, which we're going to make happen, definitely. And before we end the pod, just a quick recap of last week. We unfortunately lost to San Diego, and we were up at halftime. I thought that our second quarter effort was stellar. After a decent first quarter, we were down by two, climbed back to take the lead by one. Third quarter is when it kind of fell off the rails, which seems to be a trend for us. So I, I, I think our focus this week is going to be playing really well in the third making sure that we have maximum effort. Jake, you got a sick block and a quarter. I don't think you got to the two (laughs) quota that we had picked. I didn't.
1: I almost got a hand block later in the game. Mm. I almost got Lolly on a dump. I was so close, but I didn't have... Yeah. I wasn't in for... Because we were on O to end the second quarter and didn't really get a throw off, or at least not one that got far enough. At the end of the third quarter... We finished it on offense. It was like a long point that I wasn't in at the end of the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter was just end of game. Also didn't really get a throw off. So,
0: Yeah, well, the the end of the game was I did try to throw it to you. I just threw it way too oh, yeah, low. yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: But, I mean, it was offense again too. Yeah, so. it was offense. Couldn't get a block and there. Double team-wise, like if they're just going to keep throwing it 40 yards backwards, <laughs> it's pretty hard to get a block in that situation. So. This is true. I tried. I tried.
0: But there are some pretty sick highlights. Um, Most notably was the one we already talked about with Lotto making that amazing layout catch with his left hand with Jeff
1: spinning around like a top.
2: That's his second highlight with Jeff Silverman and Brandon.
1: Epic. Oh, he, Brandon was waiting to get, he's trying to get the raw footage so he can create a pretty entertaining social media post with naming Jeff Silverman in it. Ooh. So hopefully that happens pretty soon. This is going to be fun, especially because... If you haven't seen the other highlight, look up Brandon Van Dusen on Twitter, because it is his pinned tweet from two years ago, yeah. his probably career highlight.
2: It's pretty dope. He caught a Callahan from Bacon.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was, yeah, when he was playing Sundowners. Against Condors, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was that was a huge play.
1: But Wh- these these stat lines, Brandon's stat line in particular: three assists, three goals, six turnovers. He was Ooh. a little trigger happy, but he had six hockey assists too. Hmm. That is an insane number of hockey assists. What about hockey in turnovers? addition to? Well, that's not. A- <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not a. Stat. But he was. Led the team in receiving yards and was second on the team in throwing yards. Like, that is a lot of activity. Yeah. In, like So, props to him. And knows, props to knows, me for picking Michael Keoy yeah. for offensive player. Keoy, great job last week again. Second consecutive three-goal game and two assists. Thank you. And third on the team in throwing yards, which is not usually a thing you do. You're not usually boosting it upfield a ton. So... Let's go.
0: True. Thank you. Thanks
1: thanks for making me look smart. Yeah.
2: That's some good offensive flow. I know we're trying to wrap up here, but one one stat that I would love to see on defense is something about, like, the the number of times that your mark gets looked off, like, pumped off downfield when you're defending. Because, like, the defenders don't really get kind of their fair dues in the stats, and I would love to see something about, like, who's containing people downfield. Yeah. Some meaningful stat about that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's like a baseball wins above replacement defensively yeah. is very difficult to to calculate and keep track of, but you never know. Eventually, when ultimate becomes a huge sport and you can dedicate tons of stats people, that would be some really cool information. I like that.
2: Beers on me for the defender who gets their guy pumped off the most.
1: All right. (laughs) Somebody keep track of that. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to go back to the footage for that
0: one. But, Kirch, it's been a great pod and super interesting. Like I said, one of the most thoughtful pods that we've had, if not the most thoughtful. And we appreciate having you on. Any closing comments for the fans? keep on the grind if your time is not now it will come
1: (laughs) day (laughs) love that love that jake why don't you send us home all right again reminder last game of the season at home saturday six o'clock la southwest college be there party with us we had a great crowd last week stepped it up ton of people a lot of really good energy ton of fun Let's do that again. Tell your friends, tell your family, bring them out one last shot and then build some momentum going into next year because we are really excited about what the future holds for us and we want all of you to be a part of it. So, Kirch, again, thank you. Kioi, always an honor. Aviators fans, thank you for joining us on the Aviators Airwaves. We will see you next week.